This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. To us. How are you all doing this morning? Are you okay? I'm here ready to preach this morning. And yes, I've got some tools in my hand here as I preach this morning. There's nobody falling asleep in church uh, this morning as I preach. Yes, this is a hammer and a knife and a screwdriver uh, that I have in my hand. And the reason I have them in my hand today is I have them in my hand on purpose based on the subject I'm going to speak to you about this morning. You see, entrusted, as we've been sharing the scripture from Matthew 25 together, uh, we looked in our first week that we were looking at this chapter, and we've founded the whole of uh, this chapter, and we've compressed it in a lovely verse that's to be found in Luke 12, verse 48, that is like a condensed version of the whole chapter. And in that condensed version, Luke writes in the Gospels, and he says this, to the one who has been given much, much is required. But to the one who has been entrusted with much, much more is asked. Hey, how's about we pray together before we turn to God's word? Wouldn't that be good? Father God, we're here celebrating Palm Sunday today. Lord, we celebrate the day that you roared on the back of a donkey into Jerusalem. Lord, and the people welcomed you and they declared, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And Lord, it's the same declaration from our hearts today. Lord, not from the great city of God, but from the very heart of God that's in our hearts today. Lord, we declare from this house, O oh God, welcome. As we welcome into you into our hearts afresh today, we say, Lord, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. So this morning, as we turn to the scriptures today, and as we learn what you meant when you taught us so well in so many of the stories that you gave us. Lord, help us to understand afresh what it is for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be Jesus' heart, to touch our world today in a new and a dynamic and a fresh way, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So why on earth have I got these tools in my hand? I know you're asking, why on earth has he got these tools? Is Phil going to do some DIY this morning? Well, no, I'm not. So for those of you that might have seen this illustration, I used this before. Way, way, I went back and checked my records. I haven't used this in, since 2014. So if you don't remember this uh, illustration I used in 2014, then this will be new to you. And I have within my hands here three implements, aren't I? What are they? Right. And the thing is this. How many of you have used all of these implements that are designed and shaped to uh, achieve particular purposes? How many of you have used these in a different purpose? So let me start with the most basic of one now. Come on, what is this, guys? What is this? Shout out. It's a knife, isn't it? But I see where he's going. Now, hands up, those of you in the congregation, put your hands in the air like you just don't care. Come on, put your hands up. How many of you have used this as a screwdriver? Come on. Come on, look how many. Look around you. Okay. Right, just to be clear, it's a knife. A knife is used for cutting things. This is not a screwdriver. And I've seen, I've been in your kitchen drawers, loads of you. Loads of you, in your kitchen drawers, you have knives with the ends twisted up. You do, because that 13-amp plug that you had to change. 
Or that thing that was that baby's toy. You know, why do they put all the little screws with, behind the batteries in those baby's toys? Anyone feel my pain right there? Yeah. And you're trying to get, it's always Christmas Day, isn't it? Or Christmas Eve, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and all of these toys and everything else like that. That Santa has come and delivered and he never delivers the batteries, does he? Does he? Why didn't the elves put the batteries in too? And then you went to the kitchen drawer because you couldn't find a screwdriver. And you used the butter knife. How many of you done that? Okay, but it doesn't end there. It gets even more messed up. This is what you should have used with the plug, isn't it? Yeah. But how many of you have used this? Because you just had to put that little picture up, didn't you? And you couldn't find a hammer. So you... I, come on. Hands in the air like you just don't care. How many of you have just screwed? Come on, hands up. Are you mental? Look at all of you putting your hands up because you have used a screwdriver like a hammer. Like how crazy is that? And I know you do it because I've seen the toolboxes and I've seen the indentations on the top of the handle on your screwdriver as you've used a screwdriver as a hammer. Catch it. Oh, it was coming. This is a hammer. What is it? Yes, was the little Barcelonian uh, servant in Faulty Towers would say, it's a hammer, a hammer. Have you seen that film clip where he says, can you get Manuel? He's putting up a moose in reception. Have you seen it? And he says to him, Manuel, can you get me a hammer? And he says, ¿Qué? He says, can you get me a hammer? And he goes, ¿Qué? He says, ah, hammer. And he comes back with a plate with some ham on it. And he says, Hammer. That's ah, great, great uh, scene. This is a hammer. A hammer. It's a hammer. Yeah, this is not a doorstop. I've seen you use it. How many of you use this for different things? Some of you use it as a crowbar. Some of you use this as a, you know, so many different things. And the reason I wanted to share this illustration with you specifically is the Bible is quite clear when we have been gifted with certain things that we learn to discover our gifts, that we learn as well to use our gifts. And thirdly, not just that we discover what our gifts are and that we use our gifts, but that we also train, or as Paul said to Timothy, he says, stir up the gift that is in you. And you see, the problem is in life, until a lot of people come to faith in Christ, and how many of you have, uh, put your hands up if you've uh, done the growth track course that we do here at church. Hands up if you've done growth track. Yeah, if you've not done that, you'll have an opportunity later on this, line year, this year to sign up. Amazing, as we've done growth track together, and we look at the area of our uh, personal gifts that we have that God has blessed us with, and as we look at our spiritual gifts, how many of you went on a journey of discovery and went, I didn't know I had that gift. And it's much like a lot of people in the world. You see, they go around thinking they're a knife when really they're a screwdriver. Or thinking they're a screwdriver when really they're a hammer. And I'm just saying it because we see some of these people on X Factor, don't we? <laughs> have, have you seen it? Yeah, I mean, I love people who are blessed with the ability to be able to sing like a nightingale. Do you want me to start singing for you right here this morning? 
No. It's like a fire in a pet shop if I started singing, I tell you. But when you see people that have the gift of being able to sing, oh, I just, oh, just got to be honest, I'm so jealous of Russ. Do you like Russ, our guitarist? And he's there. If I could play, that's why God has not given me the gift of being able to play lead guitar, because I'd want too much glory for myself. I would, I would be down there bending those notes, <laughs> rocking away, not for God, for me, because I, I wish I could play guitar, but God didn't bless me with that gift. And it's the worst thing in the world, isn't it? On X Factor, when we see someone that thinks they have a particular gift, and you just, oh, just, Lord, help them. Isn't that what you say? And I hate, you know, the way that some, you know, on the program, they would make fun of people. But let us never be those kind of people. You see, the Bible teaches us, and we look at the scripture today, that God has given us particular gifts, and we are called to use them. Should we go on this journey together for the next half hour as we just look at discovering our gifts, as we look as well at using our gift, and lastly, we finish off by training our gift together. Come on, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to look at this passage of scripture that we've been sharing in this three-part journey together. We talked, first of all, about the money that we've been entrusted with and that we are called to live a life of generosity and use our money for the greater good. That we can keep a lot of it for ourselves, but we're also tasked by the Bible and taught in the Bible that we live a generous life. And we also learned in the first passage of Matthew chapter 25 over the, the, the story of the wise and the foolish virgins, how we need to be careful with the way we use our time. That time goes tick-tock really quick, doesn't it? Just as we've been sat here today, time is whistling by, isn't it? No, the way the sermon's going, it feels for you as if it's dragging by, doesn't it? <laughs> but that we use time in a way that we are stewards of it. And then we come lastly, not, uh, not just uh, looking at our treasure, not just our time, but now we look at our talents, the gifts that God has blessed us with, that we use them for his glory. So let me explain to you in the words of Jesus and talk to you about sheep and goats. How's that? I'm a farmer's son and I can talk to you about sheep and goats. But before we share this scripture together this morning, you see, as Westerners, as people that live in the Northern Hemisphere as we do, we don't fully understand this scripture like they would have done in Jesus' time in Palestine, in the Middle East. And see, the difference is, is that the kind of sheep and the kind of goats that we have in the northern hemisphere are a different breed. You see, they, are, they look distinctly different. The sheep has more wool on it. If it's a Suffolk or it's a Clung, you know what I'm on about? No, you don't, because I'm a farmer and I know breeds of sheep. But with sheep in this country, if you saw a sheep and a goat, you'd go, like, that's a sheep. It's obvious. It bleats. It looks like a sheep, it acts like a sheep, it smells like a sheep, so it must be right. And then you'd see a goat over here, and a goat is a little bit taller, the goat that we use up here. It looks like a goat, it acts like a goat, smells like a goat, so it must be simple. But in Jesus' time, the sheep and the goats from a distance look exactly the same. They look exactly the same. And in this passage of scripture that we're looking at, it's called the 
final judgment. And this is talking about a time that will come when we have all passed over to the other side and that we'll be judged for the way we live our lives. And Matthew 25 in this parable is called the parable of the sheep and the goats. Follow with me in the scripture this morning while we go all farmer together. Come on. So Matthew 25, we're going to read from verse 31 together. It's going to fly up on screen right now. Come on, Lee. Is it on his way? It's on his way. Way. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, hey, he's going to come again. Amen? Jesus is coming again in his glory and all the angels with him. He will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. What a day that's going to be. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Imagine how cool that's going to look if he's taken that long to prepare the kingdom for us. I go to prepare a place for you, he tells us, isn't it? That where I am, there you may be also. Verse 35 says this, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. How cool is it that someone does good like that? Then the Rachel would answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in, only in clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You see, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are here on earth to do good. Acts tells us that Jesus went around doing good. And that same commission and that same commandment is on our lives to feed the poor, to uh, help the hungry, uh, help the poor, sorry, feed the hungry, and to uh, seek after those that are lost and those that are in prison and help those uh, that that have uh, come across all kinds of misfortunes in life. Then he will say to those on his left. Who was on the left? The goats. He'll say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared, prepared for the devil and his angels. Like Jesus doesn't hold back, does he? He just says it straight. That's what you can expect. And he gives a reason. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You didn't look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? 
he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment and the righteous to eternal life. Now we believe in the church that heaven and hell is a real place. And we believe that this judgment is facing each and every one of us one day. That we will be judged. We will judge what do we do with our treasure? What do we do with our money? Did we use it to buy another yacht? Or did we use it like Abramovich to buy a football club and, and all of that? All great. Nothing wrong with buying football clubs and nothing wrong with buying a yacht. As long as we are also giving as the Lord has prospered us. And that we give all of what we have from our plenty to help others. You inspire me so much as a church here by the way in which you give, particularly on Compassion Sunday. And we're going to be taking an offering when Matt Hooper is with us uh, on Compassion Sunday coming up in a, in a few weeks' time. But I love the fact that all of you are intentional in sponsoring a child uh, in a country that's less fortunate than ours. God bless you for what you do, for what you did for the least of those. You did for me, says Jesus. And so we've got to be careful how we use our money. We've got to be careful how we use our time. But the thing is this. We've got to be careful how we use our gifts. And you see, this scripture is all about the gifts. It's all about... The, it's all about what we see when we use our human eyes and our spirit-filled eyes, what we see around us. Because lots of people, they don't see the hungry. They don't see the poor. They don't see the last or the least or the lost. Or they don't seem to see them. But some of us see them. Some of us see what God is putting on our lives and we want to make a difference by using our gifts in a radical way. So first thing that we're tasked to do is to discover our gifts. You all have gifts. Each and every one of you have gifts, talents and abilities that the Lord has given you. Hands up those of you here that have no gifts whatsoever. I can't see one hand up. Sorry, I asked a question. Hands up those of you that have no gifts, no talents whatsoever. Do you see? So what is your gift? What has God shaped you to do? I remember talking to one person in our church years and years ago. And um, they were coming and they, you know, they came with a, a complaint to the pastor. They came and had a little complaint to me. And I, and I said, um, Pastor, not, things are not good at the church. I said, oh, right, okay. What's wrong? The church is stinking. And I said, I, I, I can't smell anything. Oh, no, I'm not that stinking. She says, I tell you, I went and I put my fingers down the windowsills in the church. And they were filthy. Now, hands up of you, those in church here, that are the kind of people that spot filthy windowsills and put your fingers down them. Come on, I see Diane Anderson over there. <laughs> Come on. And then how many of you are wired like me that if you walked in and the floor was filthy, you just don't see it? How many of you are like that? Come on. Yeah, come on, because some of us, and we wonder, and some people come to our house sometimes, and definitely if it's Ruth, when she comes home after it's been a, a weekend or something, and she's been away, it comes back as if the bomb has hit the place, because me, well, it's a home, and just live how we live, is what I say, but a lot of the time, I'll try and clean up as much as I do my best, I 
always miss a bit. I, you know, I'm not hoovered right into the corner or whatever it is. Do you get my drift? And I spoke to the, the, um, the lady that came and had a conversation with me. And I said, do you know that's a gift that you have right there? That's a gift that you have that you see something that I don't see. You see, some of you here could be seeing so many different things that you see around you in the world and in church, and you see something that needs fixing. You see, what you can't stand should help you understand what God has called you to do. I like what Stephen Furtick says. He says, your annoyance is your anointing. <laughs> your annoyance is your anointing. Or as I say there, T.D. Jakes, I heard him say, what you can't stand should help you understand what God has called you to do. You know, when people preach and they don't use the scriptures correctly, or they quote, oh, can I just go for a few? You know, people that say that, you know, Adam and Eve ate the apple. Do you know that? Or Jonah was swallowed by a whale. It just drives me potty. You can read the scripture, Jonah was not swallowed by a whale, and they did not eat an apple. But because I like that scripture is shared accurately and correctly how it's meant to be, they ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And the Bible doesn't tell us that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. It says that he was swallowed by a big fish. We don't know what kind of fish. It was just a big fish. And it irritates me. Always irritated me from where I was that high until I realized God's calling me to be a preacher. And so your annoyance becomes your anointing. What you can't stand should help you understand what God has called you to do. So careful, if you looked around and see the church messy this morning, or you see that the windowsills are dirty, or you see that somebody is hoovering, your annoyance is your anointing. Go and see Irwin straight after and say, hey, can I come and join the cleaning team? Because that is meaningful ministry, and it might not think that you're doing anything, but what you did for the least of these, says Jesus, hey, what you did for the least of these, you did it as unto me. Get it? Hoovering for Jesus. <laughs> Putting chairs out for Jesus. That's ministry. That's ministry. I remember a young man in church years and years ago would put out chairs, and you take ages putting the chairs out. I say, why do you take so long putting the chairs up? He says, oh, if I told you, you'd think I'm crazy. I says, okay, tell me. He says, because every chair I put out, I pray for each chair as I put it out. I pray for each chair. It's my ministry. I put them out. I say, God, whoever's sitting in this chair on Sunday, Lord, will you touch their lives? Making work, making the gift, a gift of helps, making it into a ministry. Because whatever you did for the least of these, you did it unto me says Jesus. So we are duty-bound, first of all, to discover our gift. And if you read it, see, there's a couple of chapters in the Bible. If you're taking notes this morning, write these down. So the gifts can be found in four particular books, uh, sorry, five particular uh, chapters in the Bible, and they are the gifts of God, the gifts of the, the gifts of the Father, sorry, the gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Spirit. Let me explain. So if you go home and read Romans chapter 12, you'll see a pile of gifts that are there, gifts of leadership. Is leadership a spiritual gift or is it a uh, physical gift? Yeah? You can have the gift of leadership without being a Christian, can't you? 
Right, okay. So that is what I call a gift from God. When God made you and shaped you, he gave you natural gifts that you have. To be able to sing, is that a spiritual gift or is that a natural gift? It's a natural gift, isn't it? Isn't it? It's not unusual. To be, no. It's a natural gift that we get given to be able to sing, but there's nothing like a gift used for the glory of God, is there? We'll talk about that in a minute. So we have natural gifts that we have, and they are called the gifts of God, because God is in three persons, and he gives gifts to men. So when we are born, before I knew you in your mother's womb, you were knit together, and he gives you amazing gifts some of you to do incredible things. Some of you got brains that can do, like uh, Roy over there, that can like calculate mental arithmetic like I've seen no other person do it. I don't know how he does it, but I thank God for him. Keep going, Roy. We need you around here. So those are natural gifts. But then we've also got gifts of the sun. And gifts of the sun are the gifts that Jesus gave. And you can read about those in Ephesians chapter 4. And there are particular functions that Jesus gave to establish the church. And you can read it in Ephesians 4, chapter 11 specifically, where Jesus says, and he, talking about Jesus, says Paul to the church at Ephesus, he says, and he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for work of ministry. So God has given those, Jesus has given those five functions. And that's why, that's why people then are called. They're not born pastors. They're not born apostles. They're not born as evangelists. The seed is in them, I believe. But God comes through the church, through his work. And Jesus, as he calls those, that same commission comes. And that same commission came upon me because gifts make room from themselves. And one day, I was called into one of those ministries that we have today. So you can read Romans 12. You can read Ephesians 4. You can also read then... 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where you can read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So back over here, we've got God's gifts, the natural gifts that he gives us, gifts of the Father. We've got the gifts that Jesus gives to the church for particular people. And then the other gifts he gives, the gifts through the Holy Spirit that you can read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now those gifts are the gifts of working of miracles or the gift of faith or prophecy, or being able to discern spirits. Amazing. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that he gives us by the Spirit. And so it's important that we understand as mature Christians how these gifts work. Because you cannot have the gifts of the Holy Spirit unless you're a believer born again and anointed by the Holy Spirit to be able to prophesy. And you cannot have the gifts of Christ that he gives us to us either, unless you've been called, unless you've been called. And um, as we see in a scripture that we'll be looking at in uh, 1 Timothy in a moment, as we see how the apostles laid hands on people and they released gifts. So we discover our gifts and we use our gifts. So can I ask you, are you using your gift? Whatever gift you have, either three, gift of the Father, gifts of the Son, gifts of the Holy Spirit, are you using your gifts? 
Because if we don't, it's sheep and goats, guys. Sheep and goats. I'm just saying. I'm just warning of you of how it'll, it'll come about that he says, I give you all those gifts to use. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me to drink. I was in prison. You didn't come to see me. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did it as unto me. So I'll finish by talking about the third element. When we have our gifts, we have to discover them. We have to use them. And lastly, we have to train them. We have to train them. You know, there's a lovely, lovely piece of uh, video footage that you can uh, watch on, on YouTube. And it's one of the best goals that we ever saw David Beckham do in the early part of his career. Anybody remember it? The halfway line goal. There's a few people that's done that. But any of you remember it? Any footballers here? Who was he playing against? Man United versus Reading. Right? And if you go and if you Google it, you'll see from the halfway line, the keeper was off his line. And just from inside the halfway line, David Beckham launches this huge long kick, goes over the keeper and into the back of the net. And everybody just went, oh, my word. But if you watch the video footage clearly, you will see David Beckham turns around and looks at Alex Ferguson, or Sir Alex Ferguson, who is the football coach. He looks at him, and he looks at him, and he smiles, and Alex Ferguson gives a little nod. And if you read Alex Ferguson's book, Leading, fantastic book, he talks about the story that's behind that story. And the story behind that story is that David Beckham had discovered, while um, watching lots of different football games, that keepers that goalkeepers had started stepping out a lot, lot further to be kind of a, another a part of the defensive team at the back. And so because of that, he spotted an opportunity and he said to Alex Ferguson that, you know, I think there's an opportunity that we could score a goal one day if the keeper is off his line, that we could just lob the keeper. And so he would stay behind David Beckham at the end of every training session and he would line up balls from the halfway line and practice kicking them a whole distance and have them bounce just the other side of the penalty spot and having them land into the goal. And so when all of us are watching the TV and we're all watching that goal on match of the day and we saw it come through, we think that's amazing that he would score a goal from there. Didn't we think that? But none of us saw what was happening at Carrington Training Ground every single week that he was staying on after training and he was practicing, practicing each and every time to put that ball in the back of the net. You see, because whether you're a singer, whether you're a preacher, whatever the gift is, or you're a pianist, or whatever gifts God has given you, we must stir them up we have to train the gift that we have. We can't just turn around blasting and say, oh, I can sing, Phil. You know, I can sing. I don't need to practice singing. Yeah, right. Of course you do, because we need to use that gift for his glory. And you don't see all of the planning and the preparation that takes place in so many people's lives in order to make their gift excellent. And the point I'm trying to make is just like David Beckham practiced those kicks, when it came to match day, we saw that kick happen and we thought it was amazing 
when that gift was put into action. Didn't we? Equally so. You know, I love opera and I love listening to violin and music of any type. There is nothing like a violin played beautifully, is there? I like a cello myself, it's deep. But there is nothing worse than a violin played badly, is there? Oh, thank God when he came and blessed our daughter Sarah to stop playing the violin. Oh, do you remember Ruth? She would have the violin. Oh, it was painful. And we were trying to get behind her. Yeah, and in the end, she kind of gave up because the maths and everything is her thing. And she said, I don't think I can fit it in. And uh, Dad, Mom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up the violin. And like inside of us, our hearts were. Everything. You say, oh, you really think so, do you? Inside of going, yes. There is nothing more painful, isn't there? Is there nothing more painful than listening to a poor preacher? Isn't there? Yeah, I see some of you praying right now. Help him, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Is there nothing worse than somebody who's got a gift and they don't train it? First Timothy. Put the scripture up on, on screen if you uh, would for me. Um, Lee, let me finish this. Sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, For this reason, says Paul to Timothy, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. God has given gifts to you. Some of you have had gifts bestowed upon you by the Holy Spirit. Some of you by elders that have laid hands upon you. Whatever your gift is, can we stir it up? Can you fan the flame today? As we sang at the beginning of the church, we, at the beginning of the church service today, we can sing, Oh, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, can't we? But it's all in vain if we don't allow that fire to fuel our hearts and our souls that we actually make a difference in this world and the next. That we use our gifts for his glory to reach out and to make a difference in a dying, hurting world around us. And on this Palm Sunday, can I remind you of the privilege that's yours today? Is that you know the King of Kings and that you're able to declare from your heart today, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Is that the anthem? Is that the song from your soul today? Is it? Is it, church? You know him. You know him. Then God forbid that we should not stop everybody else from knowing him too. That they have the opportunity and the way they're going to get to know him is as each and every one of us uses our gifts for the glory of God. Amen. So I'm going to give an opportunity right at the end of the service as the team are going to come up and just minister us in, in song right now. I want to give an opportunity for prayer at the end of the service this morning. Maybe God has challenged you through this series called Entrusted. You've been entrusted with so much. You have time. You're wealthy this morning. You have gifts that God has given to you this morning. If you want to come, I'm willing to pray with you and members of the leadership team will pray with you this morning. Or if you're coming and you say, Lord, I want this gift that's in me to be unlocked. Or you would want to come like Timothy and you would come and say that someone would lay hands on me this morning and impart to me a spiritual gift by divine calling. Oh God, let it happen today. I'll never forget the day it happened to me. 
never forget the day. I always had so much in me. I always had so much in me that I hated dysfunctional church. That I would see around me churches and I see churches with cliques in them and churches with, they were like too good for people and they were judging on others. It would break my heart. You know, there go I but the grace of God, isn't it? But little did I understand as a nine-year-old boy, God was shaping something in me that I might be a kingdom builder. And I can't help it. I can't help how I feel because I've been called to do this. And you guys can't help how you feel, can you? That you've been called to sing, called to pray. And around us today, so many of you in so many different ways. You know, Pat, you're such a credit to the kingdom. You know, all the work that you've done down the years. I have two able legs. And you put me to shame by using your gifts. I don't know how many children have been touched by Pat and John's lives as they went around schools sharing the story that there's a God that loves each of those children and has a plan for their lives. And so many of us, we hide behind excuses, don't we? We hide behind excuses. So let's this morning as we stand to our feet and as we come to a time here, let's just dedicate our lives afresh and say, Holy Spirit, burn in me today. Let me just recommit my life to you to use my gifts for the glory of God. Come on, let's stand as the team leaders and then we go to a time of worship. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.